Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host of the Gen Z Show, James McLam, and I'm here with my good friend from Texas, Jake Cannon. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing good, James. Glad to be here. Excited to hear what Dan has to say for us today. Yeah, today's guest is a leadership consultant, a coach for for aspiring uh, teams that really want to develop a championship culture, Dan Horowitz. Now, Dan is referral to us from a previous guest that we had, Tammy Matheny, who is a mindset coach who works with uh, athletes and youth on developing a championship mindset. She works with the individuals. Dan works with the team. But as we learned today, it's not just athletic teams. He comes from a basketball background. It's not just basketball teams and the athletic teams that can use the principles that he talks about, but it really applies to all aspects of our relationships, whether it is, you know, other types of teams, maybe academic teams or club teams in the workplace, or even in, you know, we talked about uh, even study groups together. So we had a great conversation with him and, and it was a give and take conversation. He was asking us questions as much as we were uh, talking to him as well. Jake, what was one of the big takeaways that you had uh, from our time with Dan? By far, one of the biggest takeaways that I had was when he talked about a, a chapter in his book, one of the 14 principles that he wrote from his book, I believe called uh, Help You Up, Help Us Up. Help Up. Um, help Up. Yep. Help Them Up. And it was um, one of the first chapters in it that was uh, Warm Up and Stretching. He had mentioned a little bit about how he went and watched the UConn girls team um, go through a practice and kind of analyze their culture, see how they do things just from tips and pointers. And he kind of mentioned how they were warming up and they were stretching. It wasn't just your routine warm up and stretches, but all the girls on the team had little sayings that they went throughout their stretches and built that camaraderie before practice ever started so that once they did get into the nitty gritty drills and skills they were practicing and working on that they built that team camaraderie already and felt close together as one. And I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways that I had is I go into um, a new season in life and we all kind of start moving forward. Um, that's one of the biggest things that to, just to build that camaraderie before we get into the nitty gritty so that we'll be unified once we start and we can be better because of it. Listen, I saw a lot of applications for the 14 principles that he talks about in his book, Help Them Up that not only apply for teams and athletic teams, that's just kind of the examples he used, but can apply to all aspects of your life. We even talked about how it applies to the family. So let's just stop talking. Let's just stop talking right now. Let's jump in to this interview that you're going to want to share, comment, and like with Mr. Dan Horowitz, the author of Help Them Up, 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Your Team to build a championship culture. Welcome to the Gen Z Show, Dan. I, I do appreciate uh, you being our guest today. A mutual friend of ours, Tammy, who was our guest on a previous episode, highly recommended you and you and I connected. So thank you for joining us today. 
Absolutely. Very excited to be here and get a get a just an opportunity to speak with you guys and learn as well. Well, our audience may not be familiar with who you are. Some may know you. You may have reached out to some and are and they're watching the Gen Z show for the first time because they want to hear more from Dan because they're fans of yours. But from our audience, this may be their first time. So introduce yourself to the Gen Z community. Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. And I'm born and raised in West Hartford, Connecticut. And I think uh, sports have always been really important to me. And uh, I went on to play from you know, playing a recess in the and, you know, in the backyard with my friends all the way up into college. And, um, you know, that was a, a dream of mine as a 10 year old kid was just to play in college. And I was division three, um, but I learned a lot, really good experience. And um, now I kind of work as a consultant with um, some leadership stuff and some basketball training. So just doing a few things that I enjoy doing every day and just trying to spread the positive vibes as much as I can. So your ex experience with working uh, through college athletics and and through sports during this time, gave you a lot of helped mold a philosophy to you how to really develop a championship culture. And you had so much energy and so much excitement about it. You went out and and wrote a book, uh, which is is just an awesome thing. And, and we're grateful that the the book is there on over your shoulder. There, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the premise of the book, the fourteen principles to educate, energize, and empower. Yeah, so it was definitely a team effort. I uh, definitely have to give credit uh, to all the people that helped me write it and, and gave me the knowledge to share their thoughts um, with others. So as I mentioned, I played in college and my record was 13 and 87 in four years. So we lost oh, wow. a lot of games. Yeah, we lost a lot of games. Um, not like Coach K, who now we know is retired um, or all, you know something like that has all those wins. But it, it really sparked my love for learning about championship programs and what it takes to be a champion and so um I, after three years of coaching at the collegiate level i decided to put it to paper and just share all the thoughts i had and uh, i think it's reached a good amount of people so far and um, it's really just about being a good teammate and controlling what you can control uh things like helping your teammate up off the ground that's where the title help them up comes from and pointing to the passer you know if somebody gives you a great pass um, you know, pointing and saying thank you and, and acknowledging them. So things like that. And uh, I learned them all from really successful coaches. So it was really cool for me to be able to put it um, into a book and, and share it with people. And I'd like to think it's a, a quick read and something that people can have with them on the court. Um, but a lot of people have also said that it translates to the workplace as well um, in other sports. So that's been, I think, the best feedback I've gotten. Well, you know, that's what I was going to ask you. I know you wrote that specifically from uh, the premise of working with athletes, specifically basketball teams. But why would Gen Z want to read this book? You know, why did they need to be concerned about a championship culture? Why would youth in their late teens and early 20s that, you know, their only aspect of playing basketball, maybe pick up on, you know, on the playground? You know, why would they want to want to understand the principles about developing a championship culture? Yeah, it's a great question. And to me, leadership is influence. And I think everybody has influence. And so if you can make somebody else's life better and enhance it, I think that we should all take that opportunity and take it seriously because, you know, we're, uh, we're only um, as strong as the people that we surround ourselves with. And I think if you can make a really 
a conscious effort to uplift and um, encourage the people around you is really important. So the book uh, just really talks about ways that you don't need to be able to dunk a basketball or, you know, hit a home run or, you know, swim a mile in the pool or anything like that. You just need to, you know, use touch as a, you know, fist bump, a high five, mm. pat on the back. Um, I played basketball with my my buddies yesterday and we all move a little bit slower than we used to. But, uh, you know, one of us misses a shot and the, somebody comes over and pats you on the back and says, you know, make the next one. You got it. Don't worry about it. Um, so you know, positive talk is another principle in the book where it's just, you know, if somebody's doing really well, compliment them. And if they're not, you pick them up. Um, next play mentality. Um, obviously, nobody besides us three knows this, but the, the connection to my house just shut off. And so we had to postpone a few minutes of our call. And, you know, you guys were welcoming and, and just said, hey, man, it happens. Um, so that's the next play mentality, just moving on to the, the next play. So things like that, I just think are really important. And I think everybody should uh, take advantage of being the best teammate they can be. You said it would apply to, you know, even if you're not associated with a team, if, if, uh, if you know, some kid is just watching this out in Washington State and he's like, hey, you know, I, I'm, this guy's going to talk about basketball, but I, I'm not related to this. It, it's going to be able to reply to him as he goes into college. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that if you have that mindset going into it where you can learn from it and, and apply it to your life, um, I think it's it can have a positive impact. For example, there's a, a kid uh, um, I coached and his dad read it. And there's a thing called the accountability circle where at the end of a practice or at the end of a day or a project, um, you know, for you, Jay, if you had a group project or something like that, you guys can talk about like, hey, what went well today? And you can praise like, hey, Jake, did, you know, spent a lot of time making these, these PowerPoint slides or something like that. And, you know, we're, that really made our presentation awesome. Um, and then it could also be once you get past that, that phase of positive feedback, you can maybe hold each other accountable. Like, hey, um, you know, maybe you could have done a better job um maybe making eye contact with the audience if it was in person or something like that so it's just a, a safe space where it's not you know coming at the person but just the behavior in, in a way that you could um make the group and team better um so having that 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 space so the reason i bring up the kid i i talked about his training but the dad said they do it as a family you know at night like they all meet together and they have a little accountability oh. circle and they just say hey like they they praise each other and then if there's something that came up and they wanted to communicate it Um, they would. Paul's dialed yeah, just a second. So we didn't catch that last little line there that you said, if you want to repeat that. Yeah, so I, for the accountability circle within the, uh, within using it within a family, you know, you can praise each other and you can also hold each other accountable if you had something you wanted to voice or, or communicate to your family, um, you know, just so you don't go to sleep on it, then it's a safe space where you can do that. It's clear that you're extremely passionate about these principles that you wrote about. That's just your book speaks volumes about these principles that you've come to develop and share with other people that have worked in their families and on their teams. But if you had to pick one of your favorite principles out of the book, which one would it be? That's a great question, Jake. Favorite principle? Well, hmm. I really like that. I'd say help them up the title of the book. And it's because I enjoy talking about my twin brother, Ben, because um, he was always the first teammate to sprint over and help me up off the ground and help. He could be the farthest person down the court. And if his teammate fell on the ground, he's going to make sure he gets at least one hand and helps him up 
gives them a pat on the back and checks in on them. So um, help them up in regard to like everyday life. It's, you know, you guys are obviously very positive people and enjoy, you know, serving others. So it's one of you guys are having a bad day. It's probably easy to tell because you're very, you know, up, uplifting type of people. So if you can, if, if somebody around you, one of your teammates can acknowledge that and check in like, hey, what's going on? Everything OK? Like you're usually a little bit more upbeat. Um, you know, that's a way to help somebody uplift their spirits for that, you know, and, and I think that's really important because we we all can't be, you know, on our A game every single day. So having people around you that know you, that care about you, um, I, I think is a really important thing. So that would be my favorite principle. That's what like you named the book after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious for you guys, like, um, you know, in, in your da like daily lives, how have you been able to like, what's something that each of you do to lift the spirits of, you know, your teammates, whether it's your family, friends, or, you know, students, you know, uh, just things like that. Um, yeah. Jake, one jump the, on. Yeah, one of the little things that my family kind of does that my dad's done for probably two years now, but he just sends a good morning text. And that's kind of when we get to call and catch up, especially with my brother playing baseball in Maryland. And then I made hours from home away at school. So that's a little time that we know, like, good morning, how are you? Then we know, hey, when I get a chance, I can call him and we can talk things through. And same thing with my mom, my brother, my sister-in-law. It's really cool that we get that little thing and never really thought about it till now, but that definitely brightens my day as we get going. And I really enjoy that more than I thought I would and appreciate it now that I'm older and live away from home. You know, Jake, you I, didn't even, I didn't even think about, about your brother when I reached out to you to do this. And, and thinking about what Dan is writing about creating a, a culture, you know, specifically around sports is the fact that your brother's, you know, playing minor league baseball for, uh, is Aberdeen? Yep, he's in Delmarva right now playing on an Orioles A team, so. Wow. Living the dream. I had <laughs> forgotten completely about that until you said that. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's good. With, with us at, at Generation Z, the, the people who come through our program, we – try to be as intentional as we can, especially after their first, after they finish the class to reach out to them as much as we can. Sometimes it's just uh, a, a quick text to say, hey, how are you doing? Or email, we do uh, some, some calls. And what we've realized is, is that for some, it catches and they reciprocate it back. Jake's a good example of that. You know, it, it brightens my day, you know, when out of the blue, you know, I'll get a text from Jake, say, hey, I haven't talked for you in a while. I hope everything's going well. And I'm like, oh, man, cool. What's going on? What's going on in Texas? What's going on there? <laughs> uh, and, and so that's, you know, I like the concept that you said about help them out because that, that's a reciprocating type principle. Not only are you helping that person, but that person, you know, you get, a, you get that good feeling as well as you're doing the action as well. So I like that one. What, so what do you do to help to, to do help help them up yeah um i mean like you guys i think uh you know jake just mentioned but my mom sends a, a group text or a, a individual text every morning and you know that does put a smile on my face as well and i i think you know sometimes you don't appreciate it because it happens every day uh, but you know when you have a time like this and the space to reflect on it it's it is really special um and uh so i guess for me like if i see a uh, you know, listen to a podcast or read an article or, or see a quote, I'll share it with somebody that it resonates with me and made me think of them. 
Um, cause I think it, it takes very little time to send a quick text. Like you just mentioned, James, you know, that and it means a lot, you know, um, uh, for example, the, at the school I work, there's uh, somebody that works in the dining hall and she said something on her bucket list was that to play chess. She never played chess. Um, and I was out shopping the other day. Um, and, uh, and, uh, one of my friends said that, uh, they saw chess is a no stress chess. Um, and so we went and we bought it and gave it to her today. And she said it like really made her day, um, you know, because that it kind of teaches you how to play on plan to play with her. So I think that's, you know, learning about somebody, finding out that's a bucket list item. And then it just happened to be there. I felt like that was a kind of a sign, like it needed to get it for her. Um, so little things like that, I think, can really go a long way. And you know, when somebody. you said when you said that, it reminds us of something that we give all of our trainers. Do you know, you know where I'm going with this? Those pads, the I like pads it is a. Uh, it is a pad of paper, you know, it's about, about this size here, you know, uh, just literally, uh, you know, a pad that you can rip off the thing and, and it has printed on it. I like, and then a space because, and then a lot of lines under it. And we encourage every time someone shares something or every time someone talks about something at our program that they write that down, you know, and hand it to them. And then on the last day, you know, when, when people are sharing what the experience has meant to them, the entire group does that. And you'll come home with, I don't know, 20, 30 of those. Isn't that about right? Yeah, about 20 or 30 of those that you'll come home with that you can share uh, with your friends. And and I have mine, uh, they're, they're over there in a, in a cabinet over there. I have everyone that was ever given to me. I don't throw them away, I keep them. Uh, everyone, and, and, and even now, you know, we've been doing this for seven years. Even now, I can go back to the first class and I can find those. And that was a principle that Mr. Ziegler established. Those pads were made by him, you know, 50 years ago that he wrote down, you know, I like blank because. And that really helps. Um, you know, when I was looking on at your book, at the table of contents on your book and the 14 principles, the first thing that came to my mind is, is that folks like you and me and Jake that are kind of self improvement junkies you know we read a lot and we we you know we digest this uh, you know we digest this kind of stuff we would look at those and say well these are common sense principles and they are but Dan why do you think so many teams and whether it's athletic teams or school teams or companies or you know just families in general why why do they miss the boat on this why are they struggling with this um, I mean, I'm sure you're glad they do or else you wouldn't have a job, but uh, why, why do they struggle with this? For me, it boils down to the quote, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think people really need to know that you care about them. And as a coach, like you're coaching a person, not a player. And, you know, if you're in the workspace, like you're not a robot doing work, you're a person first. Um, so how can we connect with one another and let each other know that we care about each other? and then go get the job done. Uh, in regard to why people miss out on it, um, I really think the, the leader, um, I like to talk about the servant leadership pyramid where it puts the, you know, flips the pyramid upside down and the, the leaders on top. And then it's like, how can I best serve you, James, and serve you, Jake? And not everybody's a cookie cutter way of what they need. So learning what they need, their strengths, their weaknesses is really important. Um, so I think it has to come from the leader. It has to be something that is communicated and, and practiced and, um, if it's not, then it kind of just gets, you know, put in, you know, put to the side and, and is not a priority. 
Um, so the best leaders, I think they really put their people first. And um, when you do that, I think whatever you're trying to achieve, you have a fighting chance to do it. You know, before you got jumped on the call, uh, Jake and I were looking over the table of contents and the very first principle, warm up and stretching. I want to know what that is. I want you to dive into that. Because I was looking mm -hmm. at that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you always warm up and stretch before you do anything athletically wise. But how does that work with the leadership principles? What, what, what does that mean? Yeah, that one was, I think, was really fun to talk about. So warm up and stretching. So I live in Connecticut, UConn women's basketball, a really good program. So I reached out, went to a practice and just like 15 coaches on the sideline and got my notebook, you know, and just ready to learn. And the, for the, within the first 15 minutes, I was like, I need to like do something with this information. So it, it, basically all it was, was the whole team lined up on the sideline and one player would yell high knees and the whole team yelled high knees and I was like whoa like what just happened like it was like powerful and they they proceed and they go to the other and they're in perfect unison like it was like a dance routine and they do high knees back and then they said butt kicks and then they all yelled butt kicks and they came back and then they did like karaoke and and then they, the coolest one was a hamstring stretch it's kind of like uh like you're scooping so they would one would yell vanilla and then they all say scoop and then they the go a few more steps. They say chocolate. And then they say scoop. And I was like, they were having fun. This is the best team in the country at the time. And they're like, just like all about like the unity. That, and I was just like, wow. Like, so building that, the camaraderie into the warm-up was so important. Um, and then they ended it with like tag. Like they dropped to half court and then one person would be it. And they would try to tag each other. So they're still moving, getting active, but they're having fun doing it. Um, so though that's kind of where warm up and stretching. So for anybody that's in the workplace, um, just trying to find a way to kind of energize your team to start the day. Um, you know, for you, Jake, like, I guess the question I have is like, is there a teacher that kind of, you know, obviously a lot of things are via zoom. Um, is there anybody, any teacher that you have a professor that kind of gets the class going a little bit or, or technique that you've been a part of? Cause I know obviously you have, you know, long days. So I think that's a great way to get the, the team engaged. Yeah, definitely. So I'm taking a summer class right now. And one of the cool little things that one of my professors does, even though it's an online class and he posts lecture videos in his video, it's like a little brain teaser. It's like, it was like M-E-R-E-P-E-H-T. And it's like, repeat after me, like me was before repeat, just little brain teasers like that, that kind of like lighten the class before he starts the lecture. It gets everyone in a good mood for the class. And honestly, it's a good way to like open our minds to learn and stretch those a little bit because it is more of a challenging class. So it's, a fun way that we all get engaged and some of the kids that I know in the class we've talked about it and really like them so we hope he continues to do that but I think it's the smallest things that make the biggest impact when it comes to um, kind of stretching and getting everyone warmed up to the environment and the team and the crew and it's pretty cool. Yeah that's really awesome I think if he ever stopped you could always shoot him an email like hey what happened to those I really enjoyed them but uh, that's awesome that that he's you know does something like that so thanks for sharing. So to bring that down, the warm-up and stretching is kind of twofold. One is to build the energy of the team, and and two is to build the camaraderie. You know, the the you know, the friendships, the build the the build it before we even start the work. Let's have some fun together before we get started. Yep, and it, and it, I guess it almost forces everybody to to let them know that their voice and their actions matter. Like if you're not in line with your teammates, 
then like, you know, you're letting them down. So it makes everybody accountable. And it also eliminates like side conversations as well, because everybody should be locked in on what they're doing. Ooh, and that, see, that's the point that I like. I'm glad you brought that up, eliminating those peripheral conversations that are not related to the team. Mm-hmm. I've watched um, my son plays football, played football. Well, he played football. He's graduating now. Might, might try in college, but I watched teams this year in their conference, you know, do their warm-ups. And some, you can tell, are just kind of going through the motions and the, the team that tends to be the most successful year in and year out in their conference are very, very, very disciplined. And if you look athlete-wise, they're probably not the strongest. They probably don't have the star athletes that some of the other teams do. Um, some of the teams that, are not, that finish very well, they had star athletes, but I don't think they had that teamwork kind of building mentality there. So I like – I like that. Do you, who, who were some of the influences for you for this book? I know you mentioned, you know, going to Connecticut. Uh, who, what other coaches did you kind of glean this kind of information from? Yeah. Well, one, I want to say, I, I admire that your, your approach to watch how teams warm up. The fact that you're taking the time to try to see that and, and then, you know, see the correlation between a, a team that may be less talented, but a better team you know, that, that, you know, you can have a fighting chance, uh, you know, anytime you, you play. So um, well, I'm glad awesome. you appreciate that. Cause my wife gets annoyed at me seeing <laughs> they're analyzing everything that's going on with the youth culture. <laughs> Enjoy the game. Stop analyzing what the coaches are doing and not. Do-. I'm like, well, look, that coach over there, they're yelling at their players. You can see those kids heads are just enjoy the game. So I'm glad you appreciate it. Cause not everybody appreciates sitting next to me as I'm doing that. So. Uh, I'll, I'll join you for a game of the day in North Carolina. So uh, that's awesome. But uh, for like inspiration. So uh, my twin brother actually Ben. So I mentioned him, he coaches at Hobart college in uh, Geneva, New York. Uh, and his head coach is just like all the stuff we're talking about culture leadership. He is like the guy, um, very young coach uh, in his first year, he made it to the sweet 16 in division three um, for the basketball team um, before COVID uh, shut the season down. But um, I went to go watch them at the Springfield college, which is um, where, you know, basketball hall of fame is. And um, every time after a shooting foul, their team would come together and put their arms around each other, all five guys and communicate a message. And you can compare it like you were doing, you know, at those football games, the other team was going in five different directions. Um, and his team, every single time like they practice it, they come together, they put their arms around each other and it just shows the unity. That's like one of their pillars is unity um, and their togetherness. It was just really special to see. So once they're in the book um, for the huddle section and, and that could be, you know, for a company, um, if something went wrong or they lost a sale or something like that, or, you know, a group project, something for you, Jake, you know, it just didn't go right. It's like, should we start pointing fingers or do we find ways to hold ourselves accountable and just continue to move forward. Um, and I think that's where teams kind of, you know, lose their edge. I think an edge is being a, a unified front. Um, so he was definitely an inspiration. Um, and then um, Yale coach Jones, he does a great job uh, with his guys. Um, and I've been around him for a while now, just working his camps um, and they do a warm up like their handshake line. They all run down, give a high five and a hug. And a lot of them do like cool handshakes and it's just a way for them to all have fun before the game and, and they love it. So 
if, if that was if Yale's doing it, UConn women's doing it, Hobart's doing it, and they're all the best teams in the country, um, and they take no talent, then I think that you know everybody should at least be aware of it to incorporate it if they felt that was you know going to help their team. I can see that in a lot of the things that uh, Jake and I've been in part of is uh, building that kind of, of level. Of, and I guess for you guys, what, yeah, what do you think is like the most important ingredient, uh, James and Jake, like to building like a team, like, you know, and I won't even say my thoughts, but just curious, like what's like the one or two main things um, that kind of build that unified front. I would venture to say that the, the, the teacher, the coach, the leader, the person who has, has initiated, you know, their, everything, the responsibility ultimately falls on them, that they have to set the tone of the team. Uh, let me go back to this year with the football teams that, that I witnessed. The most successful team, I've known that coach, gosh, 25 years, uh, but when he was just getting out of college, you know, I, I met him then, and, he, you know, he wasn't even coaching, and he's been – recruited by schools to come to their school to be their coach because he's you know so successful and he's at a school now that I don't think he'll leave unless he went to college they are because of the type of school they are they don't draw the the best athletes but they do create the best team um he he does not they have some good talent. I'm, I'm not knocking any of their talent. They have really good talent. But if you look at the end of the year where their players are going, and if you use that as a metric of talent, how many players of theirs are going D1? How many of them are going D2? Hardly anyone. You know, where teams that finish second, third, or fourth in the conference after them this year, they've got players going SEC, got players, you know, even as juniors that are getting recruited by SEC teams already and ACC teams, not as successful. And a lot of it comes because of Coach Wright, that's his name, Coach Wright, he sets that tone. He sets that that caring atmosphere that I'm there to build you as an individual first. Um, I've never seen him, and I've seen him coach a lot, I've never seen him kind of correct during a game. I've seen him uh, encourage and support during the game. And then I've talked to his players at some, at some other trainings and saying, Oh, that comes, that comes on Saturday morning at film session, you know, film session, we talk about it or, you know, Monday at first day of practice that talks. So I think it starts with that kind of, you know, foundation, that leadership. Jake, what do you think? It's awesome. Thank you. I was going to say that one of the most important things think, that we can do is, do something and then reflect on it. One of my favorite quotes comes from an executive director of Texas FFA, Austin Large, action without reflection is just a waste of our time. I think that like at the film sessions and oftentimes in our daily lives, we sit down and reflect on things that we can really appreciate um, the good and the bad and learn from those experiences. And I think that we start to learn from the mistakes and the good things that we do, whether it be on a team, in school, um, in the workplace. I really think that as we can reflect and learn on those that we'll see better individuals, then we can come together as a team because it all starts with better individuals. Um, I had a coach always tell me that we may not be the most talented players in the field, but we're going to be the most respectful, most um, some of the best kids that this state has to offer in terms of a team that we're going to pride ourselves in that no matter how the results turn out on the field. So I think that 
yeah, reflecting on some of the actions and some of the plays and some of the things that we do in our workplace is one of the most important things because we can learn from that. And as we do that, then we can grow and better ourselves and better our team and our culture in the end. That's awesome. I'm fired up after hearing both of those responses. So that's great stuff. So kind of stepping, um, I know we've talked a lot about, about a lot about sports, but as a college kid, the most um, athletic that I get is maybe once or twice taking a trip to the rec center to work out or play basketball a semester. So whenever we interact with thousands of kids every day on campus, just in passing or in a meeting or in an organization, um, how can we take some of the principles that you've talked about today and apply those to those scenarios that necessarily aren't related to sports, may not be classified as a team, but instead maybe friends or acquaintances that are in the same place at the same time? That's a, an awesome question. What I'm excited to, to speak uh, speak about. Um, so for students, you know, whether it's elementary up to college, uh, I think you know the first thing that comes to mind is just how can you be inclusive? How can you be an includer? You know, so maybe that's uh, you know assuming that people are back in the dining hall and things like that. Um, you know, asking somebody to come join you if they're sitting by themselves, or if they're by themselves, then you just hey hey, can I join you? Maybe go by yourself, go with a friend and just ask them how they're doing. Like everybody deserves to be um, feel valued. Um, and, you know, you never know what you're going to learn about somebody. I think everybody adds a lot of value as well. Um, and I think we're a combination of all the people we've ever met. So if you get, take that opportunity to meet somebody, you can, it, you know, it's beneficial to you too, because you're probably learn about them and make them feel good. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that could be, you know, at recess for kids that have, you know, have that or, um, or, or anywhere, maybe it's at the library and somebody, you know, maybe is just by themselves and look like they're having a bad day. You just, you know, go over and at least check in on them. Worst thing they say is no. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've walked by somebody and say, Hey, how's it going? Or just hi. And then just keep walking. But I'm just not gonna, <laughs> that's not going to deter me from, from saying hello and just to try to get a smile on their face. Um, so I would say that's, uh, you know, one thing. And then I'm holding the door open for people. I think sometimes I make people feel maybe a little comfortable if they're three, four seconds away, I'll wait and let them go in, um, you know, just because maybe that's the nicest thing that somebody does for them that day. You, You're you a Southerner at heart, my friend. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know for us, that's probably, you know, for you guys, it's probably a normal thing. I guess around here. <laughs> it's, it's a normal like, day here. Yeah. I, you know, that's like everybody doesn't do that, but it's, it's definitely more uncommon than common. Um, but holding the door, smiling, saying please and thank you. Um, and, you know, just finding finding opportunities to, to compliment somebody or, or praise them, um, I think is really important. Um, and that's something we can all do in our everyday life. And going off what you said, Jake, like sending a quick text um, to a family member, because every day is precious. And, um, you know, time, you know, a coach, I, uh, he shared that um, players, um, but it's also people spell, uh, let me make sure I say it correctly. They spell time or spell love, T-I-M-E which is giving your time to somebody else. Um, and so I just think that's really important. So even a text that takes 10 seconds, that could have a huge impact on somebody's day or a phone call. Um, so that's those are probably some of the things. Quote. Yeah. That's, oh, really? That's actually, yeah, that's actually he, oh. he said that. Yeah. I, give, give credit where credit is due. I love it. Yeah. Well, Grab the Zig Ziglar thing over here. Yeah. You know, promo here, the Zig Ziglar big phone. It's in <laughs> that's there. Amazing. So it's a great awesome. book. I still carry mine around from the class that I went through. That's all. I'm going to have to get a, a copy of that. But yeah, that's, that's where I heard it. Um, but obviously, you know, it came from 
a great leader. So that's that's great that the message is still being spread. I'll yeah. send you a well, download of it. Okay, thank you. Do you guys have a, a favorite quote um, that you would say is, or a favorite word or something like that that you guys, I mean, obviously you guys are very energetic, positive people. So I, I love to, you know, to learn as well. Well, for me, mine is, a, is obviously a Ziegler quote. I mean, if it wasn't, we would, I would lose my ability to call ourselves Generation Ziegler. It is the, one of his longer quotes, but I really love it. You are what you are and where you are from what goes into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. So I love that quote because uh, I think it's very simplistic, but it's so profound at the same time. And I, and I use that as a, as a foundational principle when even talking to youth about, okay, what are you listening to on a daily? You know, oh, it doesn't affect me that I listen to this type of stuff. Oh, you're an idiot because it does affect you. You know, it, it affects you greatly if you're listening to the negative stuff out there. Don't be so naive on this and, and really grasp uh, the fact that you need to put the pure, the powerful, and the positive inside of you daily in order to for it to come out. Remember the old, uh, gosh, this was before my time, even when they first started out with computers and, you know, uh, GIGO was the, you know what, GIGO, G-I-G-O, it was a computer terminology when they first started programming. It was garbage in, garbage out. So if you put garbage into a program, a computer, that's what you're going to get out. It's the same kind of concept. So, thank you for sharing. That's that. one of my, that's one of my favorite Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar ones. But probably one of my all-time favorite quotes is from Eleanor Roosevelt: um, "The future belongs to those who find beauty in their dreams." As a senior of 2020, this past year it was a lot of things that we were hopeless about. But I think that finding beauty, knowing that there's better days ahead, and chasing after what I'm passionate about and looking forward to that, that really kept my spirits up through some of the hardest times in my life so far. I think that's one of my favorite quotes that I've held on to before that, through that, and even still today and as a college student. So that's by far one of my favorite quotes of all time. What about you? What's one of yours? That's, I like that one a lot. I think probably really hard to have that perspective, especially for you graduating 2020. So that's, that's great that, you know, you, you have that mentality. Um, I really like the an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I just, you know, I just think that's it's so powerful. Um, and uh, two of my closest friends are um, from Ghana, Africa. So I think, it, you know, adds a little bit of a, you know, close to home type of vibe when I, when I think about it. But I just, it's pretty powerful uh, for me. How, Dan, how can our audience connect with you? What is the best way for them to, to access your book, you know, connect with your principles, find out, get information about you so they can help themselves? Yeah, so my email um, is, you can reach me. I have a few, but I'll give the contact one. So contact Dan Horowitz at gmail.com, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-D-A-N. H-O-R-W-I-T-Z at gmail.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter, Dan Horowitz one. And um, yeah, definitely excited to connect with anybody um, that, that, has a, that needs anything. And then uh, my book is on Amazon, just help them up. And, uh, and yeah, just appreciate anybody that listened and for you guys for uh, sharing so much knowledge today.
And all that contact information for Dan, we're going to put in the show notes. So if you guys are looked down, you're going to see underneath, you know, click the little arrow that says show more on YouTube and you'll be able to drop down. You'll be able to see all his contact information, a link to the Amazon, a link to his website. So all the information you can get there. So Dan, thank you for taking your time with us today. Um, I really like these principles because of what we said earlier. They're so what we think would be common sense, but they're not commonplace. They're not everywhere because people are just not grasping how they So I'm glad you had the opportunity with us to share this so that maybe they can be a little bit more commonplace. And I'm glad we were able to help you maybe reach a broader audience to, to so they can instill those principles. So thank you. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Gen Z show. Remember to like, share, and comment on this post. Someone you know needs this message. So bookmark it and send it to them today. And we'll catch you again very soon on the Gen Z show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.